But the reality here is that Oreos also aren't good. It's a nostalgia thing, right? Oreos are they're like they're like zebra cakes or Twinkies or any of these things. They're fine. Like, ob- yeah, they're objectively medium, right? But well, then not you, objectively. They're subjectively medium. <laughs> Scotch. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 265 of Coffee with Butterscotch, the game dev comedy podcast, Butterscotch Shenanigans. I'm Seth and I'm the games programmer. I'm Adam and I'm a tech detour. I'm Sam and I'm the, I'm back from vacation actually, that's what I'm, that's what I'm doing. And this is Sam sipping margaritas <laughs> with little umbrellas. Yes. No, he's back from vacation. He's, he's put that life behind oh, no, no. I mean, I, it's not a thing you do on vacation. That's a thing you do. The whole umbrella thing, it's an after vacation. That's, I do that at home. After yeah. vacation, it's how I relax from vacationing so yeah, hard. Vacationing you know? is exhausting. It is. Now, this is a show where we talk about life, business, and working in the games industry. Today is June 26th, 20 Blundy. Before we get started, we have a warning. There's going to be swears. We'd also like to thank our supporters over at moneygrab.bscotch.net. Thanks for letting us grab your money. You seem to be leaning harder into Blundy because the original was 20 Blendy. Is it because this year is becoming an increasing blunder, and so we should just yes lean all in? I would say I would say this was twenty blendy for about the first two weeks. Yeah, uh, that's true. once actually once we got I'm not even sure we made it that long. I think we made it two days in. A couple after after a, after a couple days, it became pretty apparent that we just weren't going to make it. <laughs> yep, it's the year of blunders. Yeah, actually, uh, uh, Mabimbam. It's only half over, guys. Yeah, the Mabimbam oh. podcast, because uh, they, they also do every year they, they name the year, you know. And this year was something ridiculous. It was like, fill your life with laughter and love or something like that was their tagline. They actually changed it like a few weeks ago. They were, they were like, this year is too horrible for us, like it seems, it just seems really inappropriate to have this much levity in the year name. So they ended mm-hmm. up renaming it to something just like goofy, but not with sort of un- dissociated from what could be happening in the world. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's that's the well, that's, listen, that's the world we're living in. Listen, this year is stupid, but depending on depending on your perspective, you know, every year is kind of stupid, and you have to you got to just take things in stride and do your best. Mm-hmm. You know. Assuming you, you gotta, can. Assuming you know. you're still alive. I just know. think it's back to the, the monkey paw situation. You know, we spent so much time trying to make sure that the thing we chose was just going to be fine in terms of like it's not going to cause any universe problems in terms of, you know, the wishes you wish for coming true but not in the way you want it. And then we said, change it up. Let's just change, change it, it up. up. We have certain things. We change it too much. Yeah. <laughs> Let's rate it back. Rate it back in. Uh, yeah, actually, that's true. Sam, the outcome of too much blending is is a blunder. I think is is sort of the conclusion. The blender overheated, and now yep. we've got a smoke flavored smoothie. Yeah, that, that shot uh, onto the ceiling. Uh, yeah, uh, Sam, you did go on vacation this week. You took, as we call it, a sabbatical. Mm-hmm. I did. To, let's share share your your wisdoms and learnings from this wonderful time. So, what I think an important note is that I didn't go anywhere. Uh, so good because of things. Um, so the the first question I had was how do I effectively feel like I'm on vacation when I'm in the exact same place as I was previously? The, the root of vacation is vacate. Correct. And so, so before I started, I just decided, okay, the parameters that I usually follow when I'm on vacation, there's just a, there's just a couple of them. So one is, uh, eat, eat rarer food. In other words, like, it's whether it's going out to eat or whatever else. Just things I normally wouldn't eat, right? Uh, eat rare food. Wake up whenever I want, which happens to now be just the same time every day because I'm 30 now. That's what happens, you know. <laughs> yeah, um, but now it's without an alarm and, and correct on purpose. And, you, and it's what you want. Mm-hmm. And it's what you want, not because you uh, have to. And then yeah. it's basically blaring music. That's very important. Uh, and then beyond that, it's actually I realized like all the best vacations I've had are usually when I'm able to just kind of be shirtless at some point for a long period of time because nothing says that I'm not I'm not here to do things like not being dressed completely you know what I mean so yep. that was sort of like my 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 couple of things and I just made forward made sure to keep reinforcing that and then as far as activities go the other thing I do on vacation I didn't just read <laughs> a lot um and so That's true. Yeah, so I read I read two books in the first two days, and 
And then from there, I started doing some other stuff. But I think that was that was sort of the big reset where it's like just taking that time to just literally sit on the couch for like four or five hours at a stretch and just like chew through some books. So good. So I, I finished uh, How to Be Anti-Racist, which, by the way, we I think we talked a little bit about in one of the book collections. Yep. So I finished that one. So good. Unbelievably good. Language so clear. I'm just like, yes, all about it. So that was fantastic. And then uh, another one called Make Your Bed, which frankly, I, so it was like, it was one of those books that came out of a commencement speech, which probably I think tells you all about like how deep it is. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's there's a sentence in there that you need and the rest is. Yeah. Filler. And so it follows <laughs> that typical format of like, of like, I'm going to lead up to this point of wisdom by telling you a collection of stories about my life. Right. Uh, it wasn't the greatest, but the, that initial point I thought was funny. So I've also just been making my bed for the past week, which I haven't been doing for a while. Which is funny because so, like, I think I've seen that in like half of the TV shows I've ever seen where there's some like troubled person who just like can't get their shit together to somebody else says, just start the morning making your bed. They'll put you on the mm-hmm. right track. So Well, here's the thing though. I, the, the, the piece of wisdom in there that I liked a lot that was a, a twist on it because I've also heard this constantly because it's all about like starting your day correctly, right? Or starting your day with a win. But actually, the best part I thought about it, especially given what's going on in the world, as we, as we discussed a little bit, was the guy made the point that some days are just bad, you know? Some days you just kind of wrap the whole thing up and you're like, well, shit. And, <laughs> and on those days, when you're coming to bed and it's a freshly made bed, uh, it somehow like just feels a little bit better, right? It's like you, you still did something today, even if everything kind of like, you know was going to hell. And so I thought that was kind of an interesting little twist on it as opposed to just always being about uh, the future orientation. So that was funny. I think you know, making, I've, I've making a bed is a lot like wearing pants, you know? Like, yeah. It takes basically no time, but it completely changes what things look like. Yes. You know? Yeah. How they feel, right? Yeah. Um, like breezy versus non-breezy. Sort yeah, that's of, uh, that's what <laughs> yes. I, I've personally found that my, my, own, my own making the bed is actually shaving my head. Yeah, there's, there's something about just if I'm really having a hard time, like focusing, or I'm feeling kind of bad or weird or whatever. Yeah, I do the same thing. I just buzz my hair right off. Feels great. Yeah. Just hop in the bathroom, whoosh, shave that shit right off, and all of a sudden I'm a new man. I'm it's like, as if show. you know how you know how you could do like a marijuana test on somebody by plucking their hair out. I think it's also like that's where your bad that's where your bad thoughts and experiences your negative go. vibes. They're that's where the vibes. toxins go. It's all the toxins that's they just, get right that's in your just science. <laughs> That's just science. Yeah, you just got to cut it off, yank it out, and then you're fine. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then beyond that, I, I finished Avatar, um, which we discussed a little bit before the podcast because it was so good. Uh, basically, just every single evening, my wife and I just sat down and would watch it for as, as long as we could stomach before having to go to bed. And so I finished it actually this morning, which also, by the way, like waking up and watching cartoons for an hour and a half is like – Really takes you back. Talk about being on vacation. Yeah. <laughs> so again, it was just a sort of constellation of things uh, uh, to kind of to kind of get in that mode and just be a little bit more more relaxed. Um, and of course, the the funny thing is, and I, I think it probably goes for all of us, but um, but you know, the like the books I choose to read or even the stuff I choose to do while quote on vacation, they're all still like looped into the stuff, you know, because I, I think the error I made in my past is like is choosing to do things that I that don't actually matter to me at all to try to be on vacation, if that makes sense, where it's like, uh, whether it's watching shows you don't really care about or that don't, are not somehow informing you about something you want to be informed about or, or, you know, keeping up with the news or being on social media or whatever else. Um, there's a lot of things you could do that end up being just kind of like empty, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I just wanted to make sure that coming into vacation that I had my sort of how to set the tone. And then that I had a list of things to burn down that I was like, these are meaningful activities that, uh, that normally by virtue of having a work day, I can't just like do all at once. Honestly, the fact that you at the start of your vacation sat down and made a list of things you wanted to try to do to get the most out of your vacation. Oh, there, I got it right here. Is, you see that? Far, that's a whole page. <laughs> yeah, it's a I mean, whole that's, page. That's far more planning than, mo- than most people, myself included, will do <laughs> while not on vacation. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So props to you for that yeah. one. But I think one of the most uh, – the weirdest things about it was it gave me some time to just sort of, uh, I think, self – do a little bit more self-reflection on just sort of where I'm at and where I'd like to go and all that stuff. And so uh, one of the things I've been thinking about is just um, – is this weird thing that's happened since uh, – as a bunch of our listeners know, I got diagnosed with ADHD back in February and finally got on some medication for it. And the weird thing 
has been that I've been just sort of like happily going about my business doing my thing. And I say that's weird because usually in the past, there's been a lot more work involved with getting that to happen, right? And so I started doing a little bit of uh, writing and started kind of digging into this stuff a little bit. And I went back and read uh, like a sort of a, a series of goals that I had set for myself in January of this year. So right after the vacation I took over the holiday. And I swear to God, half of them, fully half of my goals for the year, uh, when you look at them through the lens of is this actually doing something or is this just staying on track to be able to do things? Half of them were that. Yep. It was like, don't fall into a YouTube hole for three hours. Like, just don't do that this month. Like, <laughs> all these things. Which, of that, course, uh, was uncontrollable. Yeah, before. in a lot of ways, much, Which much is harder. Why it was one of your goals. <laughs> and so I was like, it, I think that's, that's why it's been, I've been feeling a little weird because I was like, I, it just hasn't, I haven't had to, to spend basically that other half of the energy to just do the things that I've been wanting to do, anyways. And so, but it's made it odd because like I realized literally so much of my construction of my goals and therefore like my energy, my effort, what I've been thinking about in the past has has been around just staying on track. And it was that's that's I, wild. Yeah, and I still don't know what this means. I mean, I'm just, just I'm, that's how I am as well. But uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I don't have my meds yet. I, I uh, started setting up appointments, and then the uh, the earth turned inside out. So mm-hmm. now I can't go. Yeah, the blunder so, happened. They may yeah. be doing maybe they're doing virtual appointments now. Yeah, I'm sure could they are. be. Um, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna probably. I would imagine for like <laughs> for, for psych related stuff, you don't they don't need to like poke you that much probably. So you could probably, just probably do that well. virtually, right? Yeah, it's all about mm-hmm. the talking. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I I've, had my, so. I've had my checkups with them virtually. But yeah, I think I, it was just weird because I was like, uh, okay, so I, that explains why I've been feeling like I like I have goals, but like I don't have enough of – there's something been we feeling weird about it for the last – There's a there's a void. There was a huge section of your time that was devoted to something and it's not. Yeah. It's like the end of a game jam. You know? Yeah, it really is. And so, yeah. and so I've just been wondering, I'm like, what – okay, so like what – what does this mean in terms of like what what scale of goals should I actually have now? Because literally all of mine before were always also taking into account the design constraint of being off track a good chunk of the time or just how much energy it took to be on track. Now you can relax know. more or you can do whatever you want, you know? I, the thing is I also finished my painting class. I've been taking a painting class tonight. So I finished my final homework for that. And so, yeah, I don't know. Now what? Yeah, now know. you're just a wandering hermit with nowhere to be. But, but happy about it for some reason, which is That's the difference. Right? Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now speaking of speaking of psych, I want to I want to ask you guys about your take on this interesting thing I came across called the ultimatum game. Mm-hmm. Okay. Hit so me. here's how it works: uh, a referee or experimenter, whoever you want to call them, they give someone or they say they say to person A, "I'm going to give you some money." Let's say 50 bucks or something, right? Um, there's another person in the room. Can I be person A then in this, in this scenario? All right, Sam, you can be person A. Sweet. A- Adam, you can be person B, I suppose. Sure, yeah. Uh, okay, so so Sam, Sam's going to get 50 bucks. But the referee says, now here's the catch. You have to give some of this money to Adam. You have to. Mm-hmm. But But you get to decide what the split is, okay? So you could give Adam one dollar, you keep forty nine, or whatever, mm. uh, or or vice versa, or fifty fifty, whatever you want to do. However, uh, if Adam rejects your offer, then nobody gets any money. Oh yeah, yeah, this one is super fun. Um, okay, yeah. that's all that that's all that it is. So Adam can say, "I accept. I will take my dollar," or he can say, "I don't want your stinking dollar." Go to hell. Mm-hmm. Now nobody gets anything, right? Yeah, because the idea here is that as the person receiving money, you're always better off saying yes you're, because now you have some because money. Because you're getting money yeah, right, for free. <laughs> uh, but apparently people usually reject an offer that is below 30%. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so out of 50 bucks, if what's 30% of 50? 15, right? Mm-hmm. So to 50 bucks. If I was uh, Adam, you get $15. You get 15, I get 35. How do you feel, Adam? How's it feel? You feel fair? And Adam would say, Adam would say, I would rather have no money than to see you get more money than I got. Right? Well, it's it's either that or it's the sense of uh 
It's the sense that the other person's just being a dick. Yeah. It's right. a yeah. Well, that's yeah. well. Yeah. There, so there's there's a lot of ideas about why this is a thing, and there and there's a punishment aspect of it that mm-hmm. seems to be like the dominant theory. Because I can see that too. Like, because if somebody for me the th- the threshold would actually be pretty low. But if someone was like, if if I was if we were all part of the same experiment and one person was randomly picked and they were like, you get fifty bucks, you have to give that person some money. You can be however much you want. You can say no. Nobody gets it, right? So they they tell that. I'd be like. I had to walk all the way over here and be part of this fucking experiment, right? Like I'm already, I'm invested in whatever's going on here. And this, this person just randomly gets to be the one who gets all the money. Cause, cause I think the scenario, because the, the, the important thing about, about this scenario is that actually in the scenario, there is no difference between whether, whether these people should be getting money. It's random. Right. right? And so it is always going to feel unfair for a random person to be getting money for no reason. If, if you're all actually there for the same reason, because now it feels like if someone's getting random money, you should also get random money. It should be the same. Um, but for but me, if it was like, so it, it was, it would depend a lot, but I feel like if it hit like a dollar, I'd be like, obviously I'd be like, fuck no. Cause a dollar is meaningless to me and it's just offensive. you know. Uh, but if it was 15 bucks, I'd probably be like, okay, cool. There's a free 15 bucks. But I think I would still, I, I'm thinking of it just like right now, like literally just somebody being like, Oh, like, Without the context of the experiment, I don't think I would care that much. I feel like in the context of the experiment, well, I would care you a would, lot. I mean, you would think so, but I, I do – I feel like this has to be because, – because the results are so reliable and widespread. I mean, I feel like this has to speak to some aspect of of human nature that must emerge in other contexts. But here's, yeah, so here's, here's, the, here's, here's the trouble. The context though. is though. No, but here's the big trouble because yeah. actually when you talk about the widespread context, uh, so this study was repeated uh, not in – basically not in a, uh, like American universities and also not in like Western uh, like industrialized capitalist nations and it goes away. I don't know if yeah. you've – I don't know if yeah. that was well, – there's, yeah. there's definitely going to be a, a cultural – there's a, uh, there's a, cultural a huge cultural component to it, yeah, which, which mainly uh, – there's something about the sense of, of fairness that comes into play. Uh, as opposed to, like you said, just saying like, cool, like thanks for the $5 because you didn't have to give me anything. Um, you know, right. As opposed that. to how dare you? I deserve an equal amount as you got or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. it's, it's the same. I mean it's the same idea as people getting upset when like their friends are successful at something, right? Well, I so think like, that's exactly the same. It's, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the same, the yeah. same deal, right? Which is, which is somebody else being successful does not – harm you right yeah. uh sort of on its face and and if you are successful and somebody else is slightly more successful based on you know whatever your your metric is good for both of you right like you're both successful there is, i think there is something here that is interesting though because if if someone because i mean you still see it regardless so whether or not independent of the reason that someone is successful there's still people who will be angry about it right but to me, sure. there is a difference in at least how I feel about success that seems earned versus success that seems random or or in some way not earned, right? So like mm-hmm. inheriting a fuckload of money, right? Doesn't really seem fair, you know, in, in the sense of like, I don't, I if, if we're talking about like the ethics of having a lot of money versus not having a lot of money and and the, and, the, and how people got to that position and so on, right? Uh, someone just having it randomly for no reason. No, oh, yeah, it's definitely not defensive. fair. Yeah, it's definitely not fair. How, however, in, the, in this experimental it, context, it's actually the same deal, right? Because you're basically doing a lottery, right? So, in this experimental context, one person wins a lottery, the other person doesn't. Uh, in the sense of like they get this large, quote unquote, like sum of money, right? A windfall, yeah, a windfall, right? And then, uh, and because everyone is equal in this context, it just doesn't make any sense, you know. So, it, it, to me, it feels yes. like it feels like that kind of a success, the, the random but, success. But where the but where the the interesting decision making comes in is this idea that a person would be willing to harm themselves, yeah, which is what you're doing if you're just giving up free money, right? Mm-hmm. You are just putting yourself in a worse position. Somebody was willing to harm themselves uh, in order to harm someone else more, or rather, it's actually it's actually right. to uh, to make to make sure that the balance is kept is really what it is. Yeah, it's it's actually keeping people online, right? Is yeah. what it is because it's. Because you're sacrificed – because you basically have seen something that you think of as an injustice and you have a way to rectify it by making a small sacrifice. Right. right. Well, and it's also – well, and there's also a question about the absolute amount, right? Because if – let's say it was $100,000 and somebody said, I'll give you 10000 and I'll keep ninety, right? Mm-hmm. 
then all of a sudden the cost of you teaching that person a lesson yeah. is very high. So you, so you, may, oh, yeah, you may be just as upset about it or maybe even more upset about it. But well, you're, you're not going to say no. Yeah. 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 The outcome is really different. Yeah. Because like it, it, it has to be a cost benefit question of you saying, I'm going to spend something. I'm going to lose something in order to demonstrate to this person that I'm pissed off at them and I think they're being a dick. Right. But yeah, at a certain point, your, your principles have to buckle under the, yeah. <laughs> under the weight of the money. I don't know. I just thought it was, it's, it's just so interesting. Because for, for you know, from an economics perspective, there's I always joke about how ec- economists are just wrong, right? Because uh, because they use the model of of people as rational utility maximizers, mm-hmm. right? Um, so the idea that somebody would would willfully harm themselves, not not in, like to gain anything of use, but just to harm another person more, uh, is just such a st- but just like purely for the the like emotional balance of it, right? Mm-hmm. It's just such a. I mean, you see this constantly. This is what a boycott thing. is, right? Like, there's, there's nothing particularly surprising about the idea that somebody will fight a perceived injustice by making a small, a, a, by making some sort of a sacrifice, right? With with the goal of hurting the other entity more than they've hurt themselves, right? Because um, that's what a boycott. A boycott is basically doing this on a mass scale, where you take a, a jillion people, none of whom actually are hurt by their small sacrifice, in order to try to hurt in a large way, you know, the the entity they perceive as being unfair. Um, so this is the same thing, just played out on a smaller scale, right? Uh, <laughs> kind <laughs> kind of. I don't know. It kind of depends. Kind of depends because people will typically boycott a, a company that they view as doing something harmful, mm-hmm. right? But you so, can't effectively boycott if you weren't going to buy something from that company in the first place. You know what I mean? Yeah, which a lot which of people seem to not understand. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people don't understand. Uh, but they but they make it – so you're making a sacrifice if you're truly boycotting a thing because you are – there's a thing that you want that you're no longer going to allow yourself to have, right? Right. Um, so I think it's the same thing for a real boycott. That is yeah. true. That is true. There, there is a there is a parallel there. I, I have been loving seeing all these people talking about uh, boycotting places that require them to wear a mask, and they're saying like, "If you don't let me come in without a mask, then I'm not shopping there." And then the company's response like, "Yes, correct, correct. That's exactly <laughs> that's what we're trying to achieve." <laughs> Thank you. You paid right into a trap. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> Stay home. Do not come into our store. Uh, okay. <laughs> Anyways, uh, let's talk about studio news. What's the news? Okay. I've been gone. I don't even know what's happening. Sam's been gone. We have just been grinding away at clearing out tech debt and sort of enslickening the runway so that we can blast down it like a penguin seal. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or a luge. Like a luge covered in penguins. Is the luge uh, the, the boat or is the luge the slide? The luge is the whole thing, including the people involved. It's, it's the, the slide and the boat and the people. The luge is it's just, just the, abs- it. it's the abstracted yeah. concept <laughs> of a bunch of people in super tight jumpsuits on weird packed little sleds in like sardines into in a an tiny ice tube. Sp- Wait, is that a luge? That's the luge, right? That's the yeah. one where they like they run on the side of it. That's a bobsled. The That's luge bobsled. is where it's it's a single person dressed in a super right. tight outfit with an aerodynamic hat. And then they lay in it. It's just one. I think it's just, just one. one. I think it might be two. Anyway, we don't. We, we don't, watch don't a lot know of sports. What illusion? <laughs> <laughs> it was definitely something the, slippery and fast. The broader point here is that we don't know what illusion is, but but there's speed, and that's what we're going for. Uh, speed and spandex. So, so we've been working on uh, Crashlands in particular. We've been working on. Clearing out all these old systems of how, how cloud saves work, B Scotch AD, everything, trying to get rumpus in there. My God, that thing is a it's just a it's just hell a tangled hole. spaghetti hellhole. Uh it's been honestly <laughs> though, it has been really, really fun and interesting to just see how badly it's put together and then try to come up with ways to do that same thing, but in a really clean and easy to to use way, right? So uh, we still have a long ways to go. But yep. man, there was there was one day I just I was just zoned in for eight fucking hours. I forgot to eat lunch. Mm-hmm. I was just like just like burning it down. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. We currently have it so that now your your Beastcatch ID perks and your uh, and some parts of your progress, depending on the game you're playing, are actually all in Rumpus now. 
That's where they live. They just you can't tell. You can't tell that's happening, but that's actually that's, that's what's happening. The tubes are getting hooked up. The tubes are getting hooked. We also discover this hilarious thing about Crashlands cloud saves. It's hilarious in that you know. Is it horrifying? In that horrifying <laughs> way, yeah. So, so in in brief, in a in a non technical way, um, we've discovered that that uh, every cloud save has a unique number, which you would think is like perfect. That that should be enough to to know to what identify you need to know, it to identify it. But every cloud save also has a slot because there are three okay. slots on the on There's, the UI. Right? There's three slots. So when you download a cloud save, you, you only need the unique number. When you upload a cloud save, you need the number and the slot. Mm-hmm. And when you delete a cloud save, you only need the slot. Yep. So, so as you're as we were talking through this system, trying to figure out how to migrate this into Rumpus, we were like, can we get rid of this idea of slots or or whatever? But the game is just kind of arbitrarily using these things in just dumb combinations. <laughs> uh, and so we have to kind of recreate this dumb system, but in a smarter way. Yeah, it's it's this whole thing where it's like when you, when you try to – because the goal of all this was to make it so that you could upload a save to the cloud without accidentally nuking something you didn't intend to. That's yes. the goal. Yep. Right? And, and so the, the idea of like having the slot uh, – so, so the original idea of having having things in slots should have been sufficient for that, actually. Like, right? But we had this worry. We're like, what if for some reason you actually have a different save in the same slot, and somehow your game it doesn't know that, and so then you try to upload something and then end up replacing just a different save the with thing. right the yeah. wrong thing. So we're like, okay. So because I, I think we started with slots, and then we realized that there was this potential problem, so we added the unique IDs as a concept. But then and, we kept the slots for no reason. And we kept the slots for no reason. <laughs> and just started using them willy nilly. And just started yeah. using them willy nilly. But now the game, so now there's this weird shit where like the game has this, the game now when it fetches cloud data, because now imagine you've got two devices, right? And on one device, uh, you, you've been offline for a while, right? Uh, on the other device, you've been actively doing stuff. So now on each device, let's say you have the same set of saves and slots, but on one device, the one that you're active on, you have reorganized them. You just like pull them out, put them back in, whatever. So they're just in a different order now. Same saves, different Same slots. Same saves, different order. So different slots. So now you go back to that first device. Then now the game has to figure out, how do I resolve this? Because I have the same saves, the same unique ID. I know it's the same mm. save, but they're in different places, right? Yep. And then further now, because of the same kind of reason, what if you go to <laughs> upload one and you say, because now we had, to get, we had to get around the whole problem of like slots having different saves. So like, what if you upload yep. one and you say... I want to upload into, you know, slot one, save mm-hmm. A, right? So you try to do that. And the server is like, well, save A is in slot two though, right? Then it just yeah. goes ahead and just puts it in slot two instead. So so, this, so why have slots? But now if you want to delete something, have the slots? only way, the way, that, <laughs> the way that legacy clients do it is on a slot basis, which means we can't even fix this for Rumpus because the, the legacy clients need to continue working while we make the transition, right? Yeah. So we have to still allow... We have to still allow the ability to delete based on a slot, despite the fact that everything else, everything should be working based on a on a unique on IDs. Yeah, so Stupid. you know that's that's just like a, a little snippet of just the that's kinds what we've of been up to thing. Because the fact the fact <laughs> oh is like I had only been programming for three years when we started making crashes, um, and Adam had been doing web dev for zero minutes when he started building <laughs> Bscotch ID. Yeah, Bscotch right? ID was the first web program I ever did. Um, but the Crashland saves though came a little later. So Crashland save came, I think, in starting in like month six or something like that. Um, so you had been web programming for six months. So that's, yeah. You know. um, but but it's, it is funny because you could tell you could tell, like I, I adopted. Like, you just looking at the code, you can like, you can see all the ideas I inherited and then did better in some ways uh, in the in the Crashland stuff. Um, but not. But it was it was sort of like starting from bad principles and then like solving these problems that I myself had created because I just like did a bad job mm-hmm. and built on that foundation so that there's, there's, there's some very weird stuff going on with the crash and stuff. And you can tell it's like, it's way more clever than what's happening in the, the regular B-Sketch ID stuff, but still not good. You know, <laughs> so it's, it's not good. You know, it's just not good. Uh, yeah. So it's amazing I mean, that this shit. So, so as, as we're doing this, actually one of the things we should probably, that we can also mention is that uh, part of the problem here is the, is the crash and creator. Because the Crashlands creator uh, is actually still hooked in. There's a whole bunch of stuff hooked into the game client for dealing with for created campaigns, right? 
Yeah. So, the, for those so, who aren't familiar with it, the the creator is, is actually a web based tool that is what builds the campaign. For, so, all yeah. the quests, all of the locations, uh, all the NPC placements, all that stuff is actually done through a website that Adam had built, um, and that's how we built the entire campaign. And the game, when it boots right. up, grabs the most recent, the most updated campaign updates. data and pulls it in. Which was a great post launch. That was actually one of the best things post launch because since we didn't test the fucking game. Then post launch, we would get these we did a campaign lot of bugs. Yep. Well, the campaign bugs would actually just be fixed. They, they were able to fix themselves, right? Because yeah. I could just fix it on my end, and then it would just sort of pull it up in the game, which is great. Yeah. Um, but yeah, leaving that in there, of course, means that there's this thing well, it's, creeps into yeah, the code. Yeah, it just it adds this like this huge because it's a very technically complex thing that does all yeah. this work. And it hasn't been updated in literally three years, right? It hasn't been touched in three years. Uh, and it wasn't good. And it wasn't it was good. Made. It's both really complicated <laughs> and really not good, right? Which is the worst possible combination of things you could have. And so, so we're never going to update a theme. It. Yeah, exactly. So, so we had this big question of what do we do with this? Because we, we can't fully move forward and just like migrate all the data over and still have this thing, you know? Um, so, uh, so, so we were we very excited to, have it. to just, to just not have it. We're just turning it off, which means we have no way to update Crashlands campaigns moving forward but then we have it for a year and a half anyway so oh, oh, i also want to i also want to mention if you're if you're a listener if you are playing our older games and you've got extra butter ups lying around that you bought for gifting you should probably give those away you should give those away because bscotch id friends uh were pointless and they won't exist in rumpus <laughs> right. right so That's you're not going to be you're not going to be able to to give those uh, butter ups to anybody, so we'll have to try to figure out some kind of resolution for that. I don't really know, but there's a pretty good chance. So, time for some giveaways. Yeah, I'm pretty uh, sure <laughs> there were a bunch of people who only bought them so that they could get the perks associated with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you have to give them out to get the perks, so people already got. Them oh, that's true. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you know. So, so yeah. hoarding butter ups does nothing for you. Get get rid of them. Just, they're not stocks. Come on. <laughs> uh, and otherwise, for level head stuff, uh, level head is going into cert for for the new patch. So now it's just the the waiting game. Um, nothing as a major to report. The beta has gone very smoothly, and we'll have some uh, we'll have some fun uh, sort of like marketing materials and blog posts and stuff about the patch. Once it comes, yeah, we so. still don't have a timeline for it because we have to get through cert first. Uh, before, and, and that is still a huge, just unknown quantity because uh, cert's dramatically slowed down because of COVID. So we'll mm-hmm. just we're gonna wait until we get through cert, and then we'll make our plan for and, and figure out when we're gonna announce the the patch date and all that stuff. Thanks, twenty Blundy. You know, there was that time. There was a time. It was like a month ago where all of a sudden mur- murder hornets suddenly appeared. Yeah, Did you guys. Yep. Uh, I just want to say, you know, the the COVID stuff is a real is a real bummer. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I'm glad that we're not saying cert process has really slowed down because of the swarms of murder hornets. Yeah, yeah. you know, I'm yeah, glad it does that that seem worse. <laughs> I'm glad that that thing kind of dissipated. That that storyline kind of got resolved. Think, yeah, <laughs> it's the difference between being actively hunted by a malicious creature, an entity, versus sort of a, you know, just a Accidentally hunted floating. by a opinion-free creature. Correct. Then, yeah. You know. then, yeah. Uh, so, you know, we got, we, got, we got one win under our belt for this year. So I think we're doing pretty but good. But here's my concern. I don't know that they're actually gone so much as – News about them has just been drowned they out. They could just be waiting. They're just waiting. Yeah. <laughs> maybe they're susceptible to COVID, so they're just social distancing until this goes away. So maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe, it's maybe hard once to be COVID's a, gone, it's murder hornet time. It's hard to be a swarm, you know, when you're, when you're social distancing. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, all right. So let's get on to some questions. All right, these questions come from our listeners over at podcast.bscotch.net. Highest upvoted question comes from... Chalosis, who says, how do you avoid becoming cynical or have you accepted being cynical? Uh, I just am cynical. So I guess. I just want to, I just want to, so we can really like make sure that we're talking about the right thing here. Yes. Let's define our terms. Let's go to Webster's dictionary or whatever the fuck the dictionary is that comes up. With Here's the thing. Things. Webster is not, <laughs> Webster is not the entity that decides what words mean. People decide what words mean. 
Webster reports on their best effort guess at what the people think words mean. Mm-hmm. So, what, yeah. is the, what does so, the dictionary say, Seth? So prop, props to Webster for trying. Here's what we got. Best. Here's what we got. Cynical. It's an adjective that means believing that people are motivated by self-interest and being distrustful of human sincerity or integrity. Mm. Interesting. Okay. Then in that case, I'm only mediumly cynical. Yeah, I think I think of it more as like a pessimistic kind of a bent, but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah. So I, I would yeah, but well, because the first part of the definition is believing that people are motivated by self interest, which is obviously true. Yeah, that's just a fact. Yeah, I think it's a question of whether whether you believe people are only motivated by self interest, and also whether or, it you know. matters, right? Because the thing that that things like a decent society do is make you feel bad by doing bad things. So mm-hmm. it's in your own self-interest because you don't want to feel bad to not do bad things. And so it isn't inherently a problem that we are all self-motivated or in, we're, we are motivated by our self-interest. So well, yeah, self, self-motivation will only be a problem in, in certain contexts. I mean, if we go back to the ultimatum game, mm-hmm. right? So like uh, you, you wanted to punish somebody – to sort of try to keep balance in the universe, right? You were willing to take the hit to make sure that nobody has more money than anybody, mm-hmm. right? And that's okay. That's a, that's a that's a stance to take. But like we said, as soon as as soon as you have to give up too much money, then all of a sudden, you know, you're you're not going to do it anymore, mm-hmm. right? So there is a there is a there is a self interested point there. Yeah, I mean, it's, well, self interest right. really is the it's. It's actually the the fact that you can count on it is what allows you to to basically do design for anything, whether it's policy or a video game or whatever else. Like you know, the the reality is that that's that's sort of a thing you have to count on. Um, and I think the core thing you can count on is that people will try generally try to do whatever is sort of uh, in their best interest, right? I don't think, I think, well, I think point, there's nothing necessarily wrong with it. Well, but the, and that's no, there's nothing wrong. But it's also highly flexible in terms of what that means, Correct. right? Yeah, yeah. That, that's which is and that's the problem, right? Um, I think there's yeah. that there's that quote that gets used in a lot of different contexts, talking about different groups of people and so on. Um, but I think I think if you just generalize it to all of people, and you say uh, people can always be counted on to do the right thing once they've tried everything else, right? Right. That is that is basically my opinion of humanity as a as a collective in terms of like the cynical side, where it's like because uh, it's it's fairly rare I think that people are are truly doing things out of like out of just malicious effort but that doesn't mean that their actions aren't malicious right it means that they have they have associated a, a rationale to their actions that make it in their in their minds not malicious um so everybody's the like, hero in their in their own story. yeah everybody's right. the hero and then yeah. and then in particular lots of other people are the villains right uh so so because of that, it's just so easy for people to rationalize really just bizarre and fucked up things, which you can see with everything that's happening today. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh-huh. It's it's wild just how, how much people can can rationalize in terms of terrible behavior. So even the whole thing like you were joking about, the about people not wearing masks, right, <laughs> which uh, is the most absurd, the most absurd anti-human stance a person could take, right? Is to say, but it's not absurd to the people who have taken it. exactly, and right. and it's because they have their own rationale, which is which is this whole idea of of I guess you can't you can't tell me what to do. It's very petulant, right? But you can't tell me what to do, uh, and that's sort of where it starts. And so they're fighting tyranny, which they literally say, right? They're fighting tyranny because being told what to do, even if it is the right thing to do. This is the, this is the injustice they're fighting against, right? So in terms of like harming yourself to to defeat some perceived injustice, they're like, well, I'll get COVID because that's better than me wearing a mask because somebody told me I. Well, have no, to. that's but that's that's not the that's not the the, the chain of logic because if, if we're talking about this in terms of people acting out of their own self interest, you know, all, all that really means is that you stand to gain more than you stand to lose, right? As um, far as well, you believe that that's well, true. As far as what you believe, and and and. What that really means could be anything. Mm-hmm. It could be anything. Right? Well, especially so, when the two sides that you're measuring have uh, don't have a relationship to one another, right? So if you're if you're right. measure, measuring tyranny against keeping people healthy, right? Yeah. Then it becomes very very, or, and it's not even tyranny, right? Again, that's like that's the the slippery slope part. If if in your mind any like any any infringement at all 
on your ability to decide exactly what you do in any given moment. If no matter how small, if every one of those is one step on the slippery slope towards tyranny, right? Then the tiniest, dumbest, most idiotic, tiny things that are in actually your best interest, right? Like wearing a mask. Like wearing a mask uh, can now be a thing that because it to you it puts it puts it all into this huge category of just tyranny, right? Which, which of course is hilariously absurd because of how small it is and how not true that is. Because you also have to wear pants and shoes and all kinds of other things when you go into get a driver's <laughs> license. There's all kinds of parts of the social contract, right? Uh, but, yeah, but you're now you're winning that though against a different abstract concept, which is which is societal good, right? So actually, I disagree with everything you're saying. Perfect. Because because you are talking through this as somebody who is looking at the world and forming a like a cost benefit analysis, right? Um, but the fact is that like something that that people really stand to gain in just about any context is feeling like they're a part of a group, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And that will oftentimes come at the expense of anything else. And being a part of that group is so important and being accepted by the people around you is so important that it's not, it's not that you will say – it's not like there's a, a cost-benefit okay, uh, analysis. It's, it's actually at any cost, right? So there's infinite it's, cost on one side for the, for the benefit right. of, of having this one thing on the other side. But on top of that, you know, you, you're not an idiot and so you're sitting there – uh, sort of it, it, like you were talking about this idea of rationalization, right? So it you're not an idiot. You wouldn't willfully expose yourself and your loved ones to harm just to be accepted by your peers, right? So it must be the case that the harm isn't even real, yeah, right? Like that's otherwise, the, how could you explain your own behavior? Right. So so this is yeah. So there, there's there's so many layers of like of rationalizations that kind of kind of come into that. But yeah. But so it, so it which really, is which is to sum up though is to like to me like this is, this is why I'm cynical about people is because we're just smart enough to get into trouble, right? People are well, I, I think we're, because I we think can rationalize very, anything. We can rationalize anything yes. along any dimension using any kind of fucked up logic that we want uh, and fully believe it. And fully believe it. And we can believe 10 different things that are all mutually contradictory and all based on different sets of bullshit kinds of logic all at the same time. And I'm not not saying this is something that stupid people do. I'm saying this is something that everybody does. (laughs) This is the human thing. So when it comes to this question of like uh, being being cynical about people, I think it's actually fair to say that I'm I'm quite cynical about it because humans are not equipped. Again, I'm, I'm including myself. Humans are not equipped for the universe that we have created for ourselves. Uh. And so we can't help but create enormous amounts of trouble that we cannot get out of. Um, until we again, are the goblins of World of Warcraft. Yeah, if, we, if, we've, <laughs> if we've, it's we a, just keep blowing things up and making as much money as possible. Yeah, so I think I think the way happens. that human, the way that humans work <laughs> is we have to make things so so bad that they break before we can actually fix them. Um, yeah, well, I mean, we're we're experiencing this with our our Crashlands code base, you know. Yeah, well, um, we're experiencing this, experiencing this with COVID, right? Um, like we had to we had to break the economy completely to yeah. even consider, and we're still not, but we you know, to even consider yeah. it, uh, in, a, in yeah. a decent way. Um, but yeah, but it isn't broken enough yet to actually make any changes. And I think so. But to I, me, it's like I, my the thing I can be confident about is that we're your people, so we will keep on breaking shit until it is so broken that nobody can any longer argue that it works. And of course, in the process of doing that, there's going to be so many horrible things that happen because that's what the breaking is, you know. But but then once we get there, then we'll come up with a new system that that's may or may not, not be better than the old system. <laughs> but if we, if we can if we stay alive long enough, then eventually we'll end up in some spot that's pretty good. But then a bunch of people will separate into a new faction and destroy that first part, and then we'll just start the cycle all over again. I don't know. But it's I think, almost as if it's cyclical. Yeah, yeah. I think the, the interesting point I think is is you know as we talk about in the podcast a lot with this idea of structures. Structures that either reinforce culture or produce what you want them to produce. Or else, I think uh, Adam, to your point about people not being equipped, I think it's one hundred percent correct. I think you're not you're not equipped by default to do yeah just about and anything. Our, and our structures are made by people who are unequipped yeah, to make so, those structures, and so we reinforce the the we reinforce stuff. Well, no, I'm not, I'm not actually going that direction at all. What I'm saying is that I think I think the reality is that is simply that it is yes, it is the case that people are, people are in charge of making the structures as well. Uh, and to your point, yes, they make them badly. Um, but I think the general point is, is that I think people are trustworthy once they're in once they're in a structure that is well put together, right? The problem is that the, the process of putting that structure together uh, is is oftentimes calamitous, right? 
um, whether it's not having well, it's, not just, it's not just that though. It's that there's, there's no structure that is that is sort of uh, well assembled enough to not then be destroyable, right? So, so, so I think I think like anti-vax is one of the best examples of this, right? Like mm-hmm. vaccines, there's every piece of evidence in the universe is like this is the best thing that humans ever figured out is it, vaccines. Right? It just it just works. It just works like it amazingly well. Does. Countless <laughs> like I mean. Count, like literally countless lives saved the whole the whole deal right uh and the the risk of harm is lower than almost anything that you ever can you know participate in your life uh and despite that and despite no evidence to the contrary um you have a growing a growing faction of people who are militant <laughs> about vaccines being a bad thing right uh-huh. uh Despite like everything, and so this this is still a structural problem. It's like, why was this allowed to happen? It's because you know nobody understands any science, and we allow quacks to publish papers and journals and the whole thing, right? So mm-hmm. there are structural reasons for this. But if you imagine like how many structures are in place that allow this to happen? Oh yeah, there's there's no and how embedded are they? Yeah, yeah. Well, there's no yeah, way to get an airtight system. But I think also you don't actually want an airtight system because the reality is like yes, you, have you the do. You want it to be run by a by an AI that's all knowing and all powerful. That's what I was going like to ask. Like, where's the show? Right. Because um, I think the reality is like you. That sounds like tyranny, Adam. <laughs> I say, I say with, with <laughs> don't tread on me, robot. Yeah, I think they're making me read books and stuff. I don't know. As yeah. far as being cynical goes, I think I think for me it sort of ebbs and flows depending on both what I've been experiencing lately, what's going on. I think there are, there are people in my life who who when I interact with them, uh, you know, whether it's either in a friendship capacity or in a mentorship capacity or whatever else, that it literally makes me less cynical for, you know, a period of time afterwards because I'm like, wow, yeah, awesome. Because um, they're doing the thing and they're, they're, they listen to Well, that's to the thing to focus on, right? Is that, is that there are tons of amazing people out there. Yeah. Tons of them. Uh, so while humanity as a whole is, I think, just fucked, is my opinion on the matter. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> be, no, this is just because of what, just because of how people work. I just, I don't. I, I think it's just, it's just too hard for us to actually build a good system and keep it good. Um, just because people, right? Just but following the trend line. We're just following. Yeah, we're just like. Yeah, I think. I think all evidence of the past would point to the, towards that. Um, but but despite that, well, what despite evidence, the fact, I guess so we're backing up because like what evidence? Because I think all, all, we'll, we'll just call it all of history and go and go from there. Um, well, I mean, I mean, because you have, uh, if you look at like overall violence rates, if you look at overall, most everything uh, has been quote unquote improving along those statistical lines. Yeah, depending on where you are and how you measure it. I mean, yeah, there's always that. But I think, yeah, the general point is like, if you want to go back, you think the 1500s is better than now or even remotely equivalent? Like, fuck. Oh, no, 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 no. There's, I'm there's a general upward. I'm saying it's been bad the whole time, just different kinds of bad, you know? <laughs> Yeah, sure, but I guess yeah, I, I'm, I'm not following the I'm not following this whole argument of like let's slip into oblivion because people are shitty, you know. Like it's, it's not likely it's, we'll slip into oblivion. I think we'll just keep on going, and we'll just have we'll have a collective humanity filled with huge amounts of misery for no reason for the rest of time. Yeah, that seems uh, seems relatively. That's what I think is relatively likely. Yeah, I <laughs> so, mean, here's, but again, here's but the, the point: thing, is Adam. there's a fuckload of really awesome people doing amazing things, and. The thing that actually makes me, because despite being cynical about humanity, which I am, and and about uh, <laughs> about certain behaviors of certain sure? groups of people, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm never picking that up. Uh, it's like, you're not picking up that vibe. Then, uh, I, I still get to get. I still get to get those glimpses of the kind of awesome stuff that people can and will do, right, and are doing. And so I can be. I can be simultaneously super pumped and like proud and impressed and and happy and whatever the opposite of cynical is about that stuff and about those groups of people. While still having that all live in a bath of sort of cynicalness, you know, that's which so, really I feel like makes, I have almost the inverse, which is like even even the point about you know sort of always having a large chunk of humanity that's sort of is, is just dealing with bullshit all the time. Like I don't know, I don't know if that's necessarily going to pan out like that. I think actually I have an, I have a harder time when I interact with people who suck. I have a much harder time with that than just sort of the the uh, the occasional large large scale awareness well, that's, of just, just statistics versus, you know, individual experience, right? Cause this is true with anything. Like you have a real human experience with their human, um, then whichever direction that falls positive or negative, uh, that is a far more powerful experience than even the worst statistics. Yeah. You know, it's like, even I've been reading, uh, I guess I don't want to give any spoilers away though. Uh, I've been, I've been reading <laughs> the, the, uh, the, what's the, the expanse series, right? And so without, without revealing what it is, there is a large catastrophe of un, unimaginable scale 
um, like halfway through the series. And the interesting thing about it is that they are in the book. They are unable to make like me as the as the reader feel that like feel the sense of, of that and feel the sense of that scale. Um, there are a few stories that like make me feel bad for some certain people. And like, and I want to be mad and upset about it, but I can't be because it's too abstract and it's too just like yeah. statistical. If there's, right? a, if there's a story about, you know, like billions of people dying or something, there's just no way. Well, it doesn't even need to be a billion. To you're, convey. you're already seeing this in the States, right? I mean, like, We've had more than 100,000, like 120,000 yeah. deaths, right, from COVID. Yeah. And like yeah. the first couple, everyone was like, what? And they're like, here's their names. It's like Jerry. And like, and now, like, now there's too many names to give you all the names. There's right? too many. And so you're like, well, I guess I can go out to the restaurants now. I can't even think yeah, of right. like, <laughs> So I, I think so weird. There's, a, there's a weirdness there. But yeah, I think uh, as far as – like, like I'm saying, we're not equipped. We're just monkeys. We're not equipped for what is happening. Well, we're not, we're not equipped for, for the hugeness. I think that's yeah. that's the reality. Like you're just not equipped to handle it, and um, which which makes all this I think very difficult. But yeah, I don't know. I don't think I'm necessarily super cynical uh, in that regard. I think there's plenty of reasons to be certainly, but I think there's also plenty. Of, it just depends on where you look. It just depends on what you're what you're focusing on and where you look. And so I think that's always a big question, which is like how much how much of that cynicism just has to do with the structures that we're currently bathed in, whether it's a 24 hour news cycle, whether it's well, and my and my point is that you can't separate those out because because the structure is why things are the way they are. It's it's humanity coupled with the structures it's created, right? And so, so you can't say like if like if you if you ignore the news and then just like focus on other stuff, like oh look how great the world is, right? Um, I think I think to me the reality is that you just have to accept that there are there's just good parts and bad parts, yeah. you know. And I think where and you, I think it's it's completely fair to fall on one side or the other. Whether you think it's on average good or on average bad, right? Yes, right. Um, and that's a, that's a matter that's of it. maybe that's just the definition right there, right? Yeah, exactly. On it's average, like you fall on a, yeah. yeah. And, and that just depends on on where you live, what you're focused on, what your what your beliefs are, um, how much you care about other people, <laughs> you know. Which is, uh, yeah. So I, and then and then what you well, think it, it depends on. Mean. Yeah, it depends on what you even think it is for something to be good or bad. Yeah, exactly. So if you, you think know. it's bad to be told to wear a mask, right, then uh, you will consequently well, not, do antisocial things, right? Yeah, but not, um, not only that, but I mean this this idea of of it being – it's it's not inherent – like we're saying, it's not inherently bad for people to act in their own self-interest. It just depends on what interest they're acting in and at what cost you know, to others based on the, the structures that, mm-hmm. that come into, yep. into play. So yeah, it's kind of it's kind of a weird because I, I would say uh, personally I would say I'm cynical in that sense because I, I I have no reason to think that people wouldn't act in their own self interest, um, but I also don't generally think of it as a as a moral like moralizing issue. It's just a thing that is true. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Just, yeah that, that part is true. Yeah, exactly. That that part yeah. is true, and it just has it has sort of moral consequences based on it just the structures in place yeah. that that cause you to follow. Because because if everyone if everyone is following their own self interest in that, there's that question of then why are people doing different things and that and many of which are clearly against their seemingly I guess against their own self interest. And the answer is just because the systems that are around there the, and the incentives that they create are are ones that the way that you measure benefit. Is is then different for different groups of people um, culturally, and then the systems that we have in place are what reinforce those things. And of course, we built those at the same time those ideas were being created, and so it's a it's a you know positive feedback loop for all this. Yeah. And so we just yeah. end up with all these different pools of of competing. Everyone is basically behaving the same way, and that it's according to their own self interest. It's just that they've defined that in completely different ways, depending on a jillion factors. Everybody's yeah, everybody's coming at it from different directions. So I mean, I. I hope that answers the question. <laughs> Surveys around it. I don't know. Because I think the other half was like, how do you not be? Was that is, – or, uh, or are we, I guess? It was, uh, how do you avoid it or have you accepted it? I'm at the acceptance um, stage. That's where I'm yeah, at. Yeah, but, but yeah, I try to – like I said, I, I try to not think about it as a good or a, or a bad thing. It's more just try, just trying to take a step back and just actually look at things the way that they are. Um, Which is to me, it, I would call that that sort of joking enlightened centrism point of view, you know, because 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 things, many of those consequences are clearly bad. Yep, they, they are. The consequences are bad. Which which that's fine to to say. But mm-hmm. if you talk about like this aspect of this core aspect of human nature is bad, well, 
Not necessarily. It depends on a lot of things. <laughs> yeah. Right. yeah. The structure. So that, yeah. I think the fact is the yeah. structures are bad. And that core aspect of humanity, it just is what it is. So I, I think maybe an interesting counterpoint, or not necessarily a counterpoint, but just like an interesting way to think about this is when we were building um, Levelhead, we, we said, we want to try to make sure that we put people's names everywhere, mm-hmm. right? So we said- Names, names, names. Names, 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 names. We want leaderboards. We want profiles. We want to show multiple people's names on the same level card. We want to have the tower trial with leaderboards. We want to have uh, notifications of people's names. Because we want to recreate this local newspaper phenomenon, mm-hmm. which is like – You've seen someone around is, a bunch, right? You, yeah. You, you keep seeing the same person around and it creates this feeling of community. And also you know that, that when you do stuff, then other people will know that you've done it, mm-hmm. right? And so, so that is a, is a self-interest serving thing, which is you want people to know who you are. Right, you you want to have some level of acceptance in a community or you, fame. You want, or, you want to be involved in a visible way. Yeah, um, and of course, you stand to benefit from all those things. And the the consequence is that is that we have built a community of people who absolutely love doing this thing, who have a hobby, who get to spend time with each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. So, so you, you can leverage self interest for for collectively good things. Absolutely. Right. Right. But uh, that but was that was with go, an intentional design of a system to do that. And you, you can intentionally design a system that goes the other way. Or you can exactly. accidentally yep. design a system uh, that reinforces an existing way of doing things or, or whatever. It's usually yep. accidental. So, yeah. so I mean, that, I, I guess that, that's kind of what I, what I mean when I say that this is just a thing about people. And sometimes it expresses itself badly and sometimes it expresses itself in positive ways. Um, and that's – and you just have to try to understand it, I think, mm-hmm. and try to get at it from that direction. Uh, all right, let's get one final question, second and final question. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I want to get this one from the Freaky Z, who says, "Hello there. Just curious, when you all proceed to eat a chocolate sandwich cookie, such as Hydrox Oreo or?" Choco lunch, which I've never heard of. <laughs> Choco lunch. Nice. What is the process you go about when you eat it? Cookies first, one cookie, then cream, then cookie all at once. I can figure out a lot about a person by this simple question. I'm, I'm mm. curious what you can truly figure out about a person. I, I bet you can figure out some things about eating habits. I bet there's some weird personality correlation here with like – Sounds like tea leaves. Oreo, read the Oreo cookies on his future. Um, so uh, I, I have multiple approaches depending on the specifics of the Oreo. We'll, we'll just refer to Oreos because that's you know that's our style. Um, mm-hmm. I have had the because Hydrox I think are out of business, but then some company like like bought the thing and started them again. And I tried them and they're not as good as Oreos. Their name does Hydrox? not sound like a fucking cookie, so that probably it's just makes like sense. a cleaning. It's like yeah. a cleaning product. Yeah, yeah it sounds like a cleaning product. Um, <laughs> There's actually there was a podcast about it on something I can't remember, but there's a whole history of like Hydrox, and then this guy bought the rights to the name after it had been defunct for years and rebuilt the cookie to his memory and this whole thing. And then so I bought some because I saw him at a grocery store, and I was like, just because I heard this whole thing, I bought some and some Oreos, do a taste test comparison, and just Hydrox were fine. not as good. They were not as good. And oh, Oreos, this honestly, guy's memory sucks. Is that what yeah. it was? Or he nailed it. I think one of the things is like, yeah, I mean, was, whether he nailed good. it or not, whether he nailed it or not, it just, it just wasn't as good as Oreos. But, but the reality here is that Oreos also aren't good. It's a nostalgia thing, right? Oreos are, they're like, they're like zebra cakes or Twinkies or any of these things. They're fine. Like, ob- yeah, they're objectively medium, right? But well, then not you, objectively. They're so subjectively, subjectively medium. <laughs> and then, and then, uh, and then uh, well, actually, no, I think they're objectively medium. Because if you were to measure all the traits that make a thing good, I think it would fall squarely like right in the middle. Just right in the middle. Um, but the thing, the thing but that brings nostalgia? it into it subjectively good is, yeah, nostalgia pulls it to the right, you know, on mm-hmm. that curve. So, so I would imagine if I grew up eating Hydrox cookies and then compared that to Oreos because they're basically the same, um, I probably would think they're better. But anyway, that's beside the point. The point is, how do we eat them, right? Uh, so, <laughs> Simple question, Adam. So for me, <laughs> for me, I start <laughs> target because the, the, the beginning of this question is actually which ones do you get, right? Because mm-hmm. with Oreos. And I don't know if you guys have all noticed if you don't ever buy Oreos, but but in the past like year, they're like kicking out new flavors every like couple months. Um, so yeah. my wife and I, every time, I guess we, when we used to go to grocery stores with some frequency, every time we would walk by the aisle with Oreos, we would just look and see if there's anything new. And if there was, we would get it unless it sounded 
just terrible out of the gate, which is pretty rare. Um, mm-hmm. We would get it, and then we'd because often we'd actually eat like two and then throw the whole thing away because it ended up being terrible. Um, but we would try them anyway. So, mm-hmm. so that's thing one. Is step one is try the new ones, and then step two, which are always if, bad, which are almost <laughs> always bad, but I try them anyway just for exploration purposes. And then step number two is if I'm going to get them just for the just for the hell of it, because I want some Oreos, I'm getting mega stuff. Yep. Yeah. Because they had double yeah, stuff, stuff, which was like infinitely better than reg- regular stuff. But then they came out with mega stuff. There's not enough stuff. Yes, yeah, the not enough stuff. The cookie ratio is not correct until you get to yeah. mega stuff, I think. Exactly. So if, if I'm eating originals, that. then I actually throw one half of the cookie away. Yep. Because it's just not enough goddamn stuff. Yeah, because the cookie is frankly garbage. <laughs> the good part is is the super sweet nectar, you know, in between the mm-hmm. – Got to get that stuff. Got to get the stuff, so throw it away. If it's a double stuff, then I'll uh-huh. typically I'll, – uh, I'll often actually just eat the thing like a regular cookie, you know. But still every once in a while – Did I'm you like go whole, a like whole mouth? Like just yeah, like or just, I'll just mouth, take, or take a bite, bite out of it without okay. – like, Yeah, without twisting it apart. Um, but every once in a while, still, if I'm just like craving the sweet stuff more, I'll still throw away that top cookie. If it's a mega stuff though, I just eat it as a regular cookie. Cause like now the ratio is where it is supposed to be in my, so my thing with Oreos is that, so I don't pull them apart. I don't do any of that nonsense unless we're talking about the, the skinny kind that don't have enough stuff in them. Uh, Cause now you're just rectifying a wrong. Yeah. I'm just, yeah. I'm making it correct. <laughs> um, just bringing balance to the force. Yeah. So redesigning the experience, but then. Uh, the problem I've always had with them is that they're just big enough. They're kind of hard to hold mouth, right? Yeah. But they're also small enough. And, of course, it's two discs on top of a squishy thing of stuff, which means that when you bite it, it's going to, like, do that pinch flare situation where, like, both the cookie's crumbling and then the, the sides of the cookie flare out in, like, a triangle pattern and the stuff tries to escape out the back. And so why why the size – this has always been my question because, like, you can't. Yeah, Oreos on average are about fifty percent too big in diameter and yes. about three hundred percent too small in stature. Too, they don't have enough stuff. Well, it's, they it's, don't have it's, enough it's, stuff, and they're too what? Yeah, it's really about choosing. Like, choose what the eating experience should be. Which I get that this whole question about like what's your style of eating Oreos to me that just means that whoever designed the Oreo experience did a bad job because everyone is yeah. unclear about how the fuck to. Eat an Oreo. Yeah, nobody <laughs> argues about how to 40 eat 40 different methods. I assume. Yes. You just shove that thing in your mouth as fast as possible. You just eat it. Yeah. Twinkie. Yeah, you no just, yeah exactly. That. When you could say you just eat it, like that's how, that's yes. how you eat it. Like, yeah, there's one way. You just eat the it. The fact that, that can, when someone hands you an Oreo, they're like, here's a design problem. Go yeah. solve it. I'm like, I just wanted a sweet treat. Why do I have to do this? Find the now? best way to experience this. So no, I will say, thing. though, mm-hmm. I will say, though, as much as I appreciate you guys trying, you know, you're just wrong. Mm, okay. Trying, you're trying to what? Trying to talk about the correct way to eat Oreos because clearly – What affordances the, do you see in an Oreo cookie? The true way to eat Oreos – I'm going to do some real gatekeeping here. The, the true Oreo eater drills a hole through the sleeves, strings them together with a rope, and wears it like a Chewbacca-style bandolier, mm. okay? Uh-huh. So that you always have – it's almost like a candy. That's necklace, awesome. But how do you – Oh, so you have to like lift it up and eat it off of the Yeah, you just then you just like hoist one up and, and eat it off the rope. That's how you do it. Because mm-hmm. now you do you do this with a special shirt um to keep all the like debris. No, you have stuff. to be shirtless. Okay. Yeah, that makes more sense. That's, I mean if you're wearing a bandolier, I feel like if you're wearing a bandolier of Oreos, you're on vacation with, and as <laughs> yeah. we discussed earlier, you're also shirtless. <laughs> <laughs> I do think Oreo Bandolier would be a good band name, but I guess the probably the trademark on that one lets you do yeah, that. Yeah, you probably can't do it. You'd have, you have to get them on board. Yeah. Well, there you go. There's the answer. Or is, is Hydrox bankrupt again? Because you could call it Hydrox Bandolier. Oh, that's true. But, I, guess, yeah, I don't know. I, I can't remember if I – I haven't looked recently in the, near the Oreos. Because also the Oreos, the Oreo section, maybe it's a consequence of Hydrox coming back. I don't know. But the Oreo section has been growing. Yep. Yeah. You know? It's taken over. Which so is they, great. Because this is one of those strategies that these companies take is to take up as much shelf space as possible just to, to literally crowd out competitors in, like, mm-hmm. in physical space. Um, that's why all these toothpaste companies have ten kinds of toothpaste that are actually all the same toothpaste with different labels, you know. So that way, that way the the company has to like, or the the person selling it has to decide. Shit, I guess I can only hold two brands now because every brand has twenty kinds, and every person wants a specific one of all the different versions of the thing, you know. Here's what I wonder though, you know, with all these teenagers yeah. eating Tide Pods, if Hydrox, there's so many of these teenagers eating Tide Pods. If if Hydrox as a cookie product would actually see a surge like the in Gen Z. <laughs> 
disguise itself as a they're like, oh, <laughs> Sounds like soap. I'm it, you know? Maybe that's yeah. – uh, If they made a the hydrox pods. Right. So then now when, now when teens eat them, they'll it's actually call them hydrox pods. It's an yeah. Oreo. Yeah. It's called a liquid cookie pod and it's a plastic – it's a little plastic dissolvable pod with a blended up cookie sort of injected Put in it there. in your mouth. Yeah, like the, yeah, like the biodegradable plastic that pills come in, like mm-hmm. that stuff. Yes. The, gel- the gelatin stuff. We've yeah. put a cookie in there. Teens will go crazy for it. <laughs> there. There's your answer. <laughs> Teens will there's go crazy answer. for it. I like to eat my cookies blended, liquefied, and injected into a gelatin flavorless capsule, <laughs> which I can then swallow whole in pill form. All right. Well, that's all the time we have for this week. <laughs> I'd like to thank our producers, Fat Bard and Jen Coster, for putting the podcast together. And thanks to our community moderators to keep our Discord running. To get more involved in the Butterscotch community, just go to podcast.bscotch.net, where we have links to the Discord, a way for you to donate to support the podcast, and links to the archives. Thank you all for listening. We'll see you next week. Goodbye. Goodbye.